Yes, people, welcome back to Albert J TV for episode 26 of Weekly Surgery, a solo special from your main man, Albert J TV. But before we get into this, people, let's smash the intro. Footballing community, waiting time is now over. The Albert J TV practice is now open. The surgery required is Premier League talk and any other business. Let's get to work. Welcome to the weekly surgery. Yes, people, welcome back once again to Albert JTV on a late night Sunday evening. Um, got the Clark Kent glasses on. The background, as you can see, promoting Albert JTV. But yeah, man, weekly surgery's been a while, people. Uh, I need to bring it back and do a few more solos, get back to the roots of when I started YouTube. So if and when you do arrive, if you're not here already, or you watch this live on Facebook or on a Twitter feed, or X, should I say now, um, and also on YouTube, smash the like, share, retweet, and share the love. But um, yeah, weekly surgery's back, man. As you can see along the bottom of the screen, people, my other social media outputs and to the bot and to my top left-hand side, as you look at the screen, I always get it wrong. Um, you have my Twitter and Instagram handles, so please do follow as well as subscribe to Albert JTV. Um, yeah, as, as you people know, if you don't know already, weekly surgery, it is obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan, as you well know, but I talk about Premier other league, other Premier League business Anything that catches my attention. So um, I'm going to leave Arsenal till last. If you get any questions that you want to put in the chat, do put a cue before it and then ask a question, but I'll probably see it anyway. But um, I try not to deviate away too much. But if you could kindly please, people, don't just touch the like button. Smash it at the ballpark and get them algorithms up, as I like to say. But um, yeah, where do I start, man? What am I going to start with? What am I going to start with? Um... I'm going to start with the Manchester derby, actually. Um, whether it's the Manchester derby, Merseyside derby, obviously, obviously um, North London derby, even the old firm derby. I do like I do like to keep an eye out and, and watch football. As I always like to say, as much as I love Arsenal, I am a football lover first and foremost. So I watch a lot of ball. But yeah, um, I think, did the game go the way I thought it would do? Yeah, I probably did think that, to be honest with you. Um, City would dominate possession. You know, Man United have had a very, not a great start, let's be honest. Um, they're 50-50 now with their results. I think they've won, won five, lost five, no draws in between. Um, they've made some interesting signings in the, in the summer window. Um, but yeah, City, listen, I think City showed today why. If whether it be Arsenal fans or, or, or fans of other rival clubs, why these guys have won the amount of leagues they've won in recent years? Is it five out of six or six out of seven? Um, people said, you know what, they were the treble winners. Are they going to be on it? Is the focus there? But if I'm just looking at that game today in isolation, they were superb, particularly in that second half. They was amazing. And to be honest, if it wasn't for um, Andre Nan, it could have been worse, much worse. But yeah, City are just... Um, when they get it right, they're an amazing team to watch, man. And um, I want to talk about one player in particular, actually. Uh, if I can find him, where's he gone? 
um, who is a fantastic footballer first and foremost. Um, let's talk about this guy, Bernardo Silverman. Um, different class, man. I think City got him in 2017, if I've got that right, from Monaco. Um, and it, you know what? There's been times when it's been spoken about with him where he might not, he, there's a possibility that he would leave City. But as you've seen with, even though they've got an amazing squad, the likes of KDB has been out for quite a while now. Rodri had a recent suspension, which he's come back from. This guy's probably one of their most important players. Um, you know, he can play in a multitude of different positions. You could play him as a six. You could play him as a t in a number 10 role. He, and you can play him out wide. He's that technically gifted. And his football intelligence and IQ is of a different level. Um, and today's performance by him in particular shouldn't really be a surprise, really, to um, if you've been watching, even if, the, if even if you are an Arsenal fan or you support another club in the Premier League, if you watch this guy's performances in the Manchester City shirt, whether KDB has been there, hasn't been there, certain players missing, maybe players off form, this guy is relentless in his consistency. He's amazing. Um, and I think he signed another year so I think he signed a contract extension, which takes him right to right through to 2025-26 season. And when you see the performance that you saw today, you see why. Um, I thought United started okay, but once City got settled and they got into the game, now people talk about the penalty, right? For example, they say it was um it was it was a bit soft. When we when we say that now. You can say it's soft either. For me, I looked at it, I thought, I thought it was a penalty personally. I think there's been hundreds of millions of examples like that in the Premier League, whether it be this season or last season, where I've seen much worse contact in the box and it's not been given. Football's a contact sport, apparently. Um, but football's a contact sport. But when I see people getting belly flopped and wrestle to the ground like it's um, WWF, then that goes beyond the point of, you know, just a bit of a kerfuffle in the area or in the box. Like, it was a penalty for me. Um, you all, When you defend like that, you give the referee an option to give a free kick. And, and even on top of that, to be honest, because of the introduction of VAR, it was only going to go one way. Once they go to the screen, it's, it's very, very rare in a position where... Um, you instantly give a penalty as a ref. It then gets referred. You go look at the VAR. When the initial decision is given as a penalty, should I say, and you go look at VAR, it's very rare it got overturned. I actually think one got overturned for Arsenal this season, wasn't it? When Anthony Taylor was in charge? Was it the United home game? Um, I'd have to double check. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But yeah, City in that second half, man, they were just majestic, man. Um, Holland has already got 11 goals. Um I think he's free clear of Hon Min Sun, and I can't remember the other striker that's on the eight goals as well. But yeah, he he looks in he looks imperious already, Hall. And um it'd be interesting to see actually how he does in terms of goals return. Um, I mean he's had a good start anyway this season so far, as well as doing well with the back of last season. But I think any for anyone that wanted to question whether the appetite was there with City and you know, it's hard to come into a new season when you when you've won treble 
And I think the thing that helps them even more so, yes, they're still in the Champions League and the FA Cup doesn't start till January, but they're out of the Carabao Cup. So they don't have to worry about contending with another fixture during the week. Um, and that is only going to be a benefit. It's the same thing with Spurs. They're, they're not, you know, they're out of the League Cup already. They're not in Europe. So that's some two fronts already out. So they've only got to concentrate really when the FA Cup starts in January, depending on who they get, and the league. One game a week, two games a week, makes a huge difference, particularly if either one, your squad isn't big enough, or two, um, the quality in your squad isn't to the level or the depth that it is to compete um, at the top level, to compete for honours, should I say. Um, so people, like I said, when you do join the chat, smash a like and um, say a virtual hello. I'll drop a question in and I'll, and I'll answer it as coordinately as I can. But yeah, City, man. And to be honest with you, watching that game today, um, I mean, I, I've seen um, some of the United fans out there who, like fellow YouTubers, who've just gone into... I don't think... I think meltdown's too easy to use the word, but I think maybe they've got to a point now. I'll get on well with a particular Man United fan. I'll get on well with Dan. Big up to you, man. Although you probably feel it at the moment, but... Um, yeah, Ten Hogs um I think United will stick with him. Um, but having said that, if the results continue the way they continue, then um, he's in trouble. And I, I and I saw, I was watching on Sky Sports, I don't know if you people saw um, the signings that have been bought under Ten Hag. I'm going to see if I can try and find it quickly. Um, I did take a quick snap of it. Uh, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? I've got it right here. So major signings under Ten Hag. So let's go from bottom to top. So you've got four loan signings. Sergio Regulon, Sofian Amrabat, Wout Weghorst is gone. Obviously, Sabitzer is gone. You had two free signings in there. Christian Eriksen came from Brentford and Johnny Evans from Leicester. Um, and the money they spent, um, I think there's the, the, the guy that's gone to Fenerbahce, is it Altai Bayende? 4.4 million. Tyrone Molasses has gone to Feyenoord. They bought it. Sorry, Molasses has come to he's, he's, um He's gone to um, fire, not shall I say sorry. Um, come in, sorry, he's coming, he's coming, shall I say, come in, not gone out, come in. Um, I've got the wrong round. Andre Nana's coming, um, Lissandra Martinez, Mason Mount, Casemiro, Rasmus Hoyland, Anthony. I mean, Anthony's 85.4 million, Rasmus Hoyland, 72 million, Casemiro, 70, Mason Mount, 60, Lissandra Martinez, 56.7, Andre Nana, 47.2. Um, Malassia 14.7, and the goalkeeper, I think, is Altai Banyan there for an Abachi 4.3 million. Um, yeah, he's been backed all right. <laughs> um, but he, I think if I'm not a United fan, so I don't I, I I can't speak on that in that sense, but I think the fans are probably would ask themselves is what signings out of those signings under Ten Hag has been a good signing. And you probably get a quicker response to that question than you think. Um, I look at the list again, just looking at it now. Um, Anthony costs 85.4 million for, for his return from what I've seen. And I'm not even a United fan. That's a poor investment. Rasmus Hoyland, Rasmus Hoyland you've got to give a bit more time because he's young. He's raw. He's not the finished article. Um, Casemiro at his age, yes, he's a top, top player, but his age coming to United, you know, Mason Mount, you know, I, I look at some of their signings and I'll be honest, I said this on um, same old Arsenal. 
when he's asked the predictions for top four, who's going to win? The, who's going to win the domestic cup competitions or the Champions League? Now, this is before kind of the start of the summer window. Maybe, maybe, probably even before it. Um, I had United in the top four because I thought, look, they got the, they got in the top. They got they finished third last season. They won a trophy. They're going to kick on. They're going. They, they do. Yes, there's a lot of debt within that club, but. They do spend a lot of money in that. So I thought they would identify and get it right. But I, I, as I just ruled off the names in terms of the guys that have come in under Ten Hag, you, you've got to think to yourself, this is not looking good. But yeah, City just um, hauling, man. Um, yeah. One thing you do need, they say defences win your league titles, yeah? And they do. Um what you also need is you need a killer in the box in the 18-yard area. And this guy is that. Um, I'm actually surprised he didn't get a hat-trick today. He should have had the header in the first half when he should have headed it to me. In the, in the op to, it, it, he, should have headed it, he, had, he should have headed it away from Onana as opposed to it coming into him. But um, 11 goals already. I don't even think he's even got out of second or third gear. Um, and, let, and someone has just joined the chat. I'm going to come to my YouTube Tottenham wife in a minute. Because Holly Agumbar has joined the chat. <laughs> Holly, welcome to my weekly surgery solo. Um, I've done one before. Um, need to get back to my roots in the solo streams. I do like them. I like to engage in my Holly, drop a question if you feel like it. But um, we need to collab soon. I I'm surprised you're, you're actually in the chat. I'm surprised you're still not at um whatever stadium they held them, the S Club Seven. Um <laughs> gods that you went to yesterday. Was it in London? I'm sure you came to London again. You did tell me, I'm sure you did. Um but yeah, talking a good evening. Yeah, Aston Villa. Yeah, wow. Since Emery's come there last season, they've been exceptional. Absolutely exceptional. But yeah, I want to talk about someone else, actually. Because uh, the Manchester Dark, yeah, like I said, City, Imperious, United, got a load of problems. And leave Arsenal to a lot. But I want to talk about this guy, man. Um, I knew the game was on, El Clasico. Um, I saw brief highlights of it. I watched it this morning. Because obviously it came through, Drew Benham scored again. and But... He is just something else. I mean, as long as I've been watching football, I'm trying to think of players that not even necessarily to do with Arsenal, just you watch a player and you think, wow, um, he does something he does have something different that's something remarkable and something special. Um and you know, even I take it back to you know, he made his debut for Birmingham City at 16, and and that season. Um, back in, I think it was 2019, he made his debut as a 16-year-old. Um, it wasn't like he was, you know, he was bench warming. He, he he had he had quite a few games in that season, like 16 years old making your debut in professional football. And it was not like he was playing in non-league football. I think at the time, Birmingham would have been what, in the championship or now the EFL championship, whatever it's called now, Skybet championship it's called now. Um, 16 years old, he made his debut. Um, and then he gets the move. I mean, there was plenty of talk about, you know, a lot of big clubs in England were gonna were gonna be were interested in him. And obviously, you know, what word spreads and people show interest in youngsters coming through the ranks. And I think it, at the time it was said that it wasn't disclosed how much he went from Birmingham to Borussia Dortmund, but I think. I, I sort of did a bit of digging and the research apparently is they, they say sources wise it was around 25 million. I mean, that's a lot for a 16 year old going on 17, going to a completely different country. Um, 
you're not going to know too many people of your age in another country, let alone maybe even in England. But yeah, that that's a big move. And um, you're seeing a lot more youngsters go over to the Bundesliga and other leagues because you know, they want to play football. They're young, they're hungry. Um, and I believe he actually scored on his debut for Borussia Dortmund as well. Um, it's incredible. I mean, I was looking at it. I think he joined Dortmund in 2020. Like I said, I think it was... They say it's rumoured around 25 million, even though the fee, the, the fee was undisclosed. And yeah, he scored in his debut for Borussia Dortmund. Um, great experience, regular football, only 17 at the time. He's, he's only 20 now, I think, to be honest with you. And then obviously he's got the world record, he's got the a big money move to one of the biggest clubs in, 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 in world football in Real Madrid. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And I've got to be honest with you about you, Bella. Let me come to the chat quickly. Um, let me see Holly's talking about. Ha ha, honestly, I'm dead. Yeah, O2 again. Thoughts <laughs> on Adville? That's my question. You think you're so funny. I will come to that. I will come to that. But yeah, back to Jude Bellingham. Jude, man. Superstar Jude. Yeah, he... Um, I've got to be honest. You, you hear a lot of things about a lot of youngsters when they come through, whether Academy ranks at a particular boyhood club or... They've come through another club and you don't always see him play. But I would say the first time I, I saw snippets of Jude Bellingham, um, more so when he was in the England setup. Um, when we had the Euros here in, in England where he featured here and there and you thought you saw a little bit of potential there. Um, and then when he was played in the World Cup in Qatar, I thought, wow, now, now I'm beginning to see why people were excited about this guy. And also as well, he interviews fantastic. Interviews fantastically well. I remember seeing an interview with him. Um, I think it was Darren Lewis did the interview with him um, not long after England lost the Euro final to Italy. And for someone who, at the time, I assume he would have been eighteen, nineteen. How someone can speak so maturely and so fantastically? It's it's incredible. Um, but yeah, when I saw him in the World Cup, I thought, wow! Now I'm seeing the what they're talking about. Um, I thought he was exceptional in the World Cup, along with Saka and, and Declan Rice. He just, the guy's class. And I mean, he, I mean, in Madrid, I think, what, he had 10 appearances and 10 goals and two assists? I mean, this guy's playing like he's playing in the street, like with his mates in the park or caged football. Uh, I mean, the key thing with him is just to stay fit. I mean, he's already had 27 England caps. He's got a couple of goals. Um, and he's in 20. Um, keep this boy fit. Listen, England have got an abundance of talent um, who they could build a team around a number of people. You could talk about your Fodens, you could talk about your Madisons, your Sackers. But this guy, Jude Bellingham, honestly, um, I don't think Gareth will be there. I, I don't think I think it'd be right if he st if he if he goes after the the Euros in Germany. Four tournaments is a lot for a national team manager of any country. Um, and, and what I don't want to see, as good as Jubelum is, as good as Saka is, James Madison, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, I, I I would hate to see. I know James and Holly's in the chat. And I'm sure they would agree to see this generation wasted under Southgate's tenure for as long as he has had as England manager. That's my own personal belief. But Jude Bellingham is exceptional. The first goal was an absolute freight train bullet missile. Um, and what I liked about the second goal, obviously it's the winner. 
But that is a classic midfield player making a run in the box and getting on the end of and getting on the end of um getting on the end of things. He's playing with the likes of the experience of like Tony Cross and Luka Modric and you've got Vinicius Jr. there and um Danny Carver, how like and he's gone there and he's bossing like he's been there for years. Carlo Ancelotti must be looking at it thinking, is this kid really is this kid really 20? Wow. I mean, he's already played really men's football arguably for a good four years now across three different countries. It's absolutely insane how good this guy is. Um, yeah, applauded him and I hope he continues to, to dominate. It'd be interesting to see what he ends up with this season in terms of assists, um, goals, and any other stats that are out there. So what a start to his um, La Liga career, man, at, at Real Madrid. Um, Ten goals he scored. And that's just the league. He's got a few in it. He's got, has he got a couple of the Champions League as well? Um, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, let me come to the chat quickly because I know James and Holly's in there. Thoughts on Angeball? That's my question. I'm going to come to that, actually. Uh, James has got one in there. Go on, Jimmy, Jimmy Changa. Best looking man in Essex. In terms of England, do you, Albert, put Jell Bellingham as a 10 or do you play him and Rice Central and Madison Foden as a 10? James, what a question. I'm going to... James has answered it. What, you, what did you think? I'd go Rice, Bellingham and Madison personally. Um, yeah, the Foden one's interesting, man, because I I thought he would be... If you'd have said to me two years ago when he missed the Euro final, I'd have said to you he'd be a definite starter for England. A hundred million percent. But he isn't. Um, if you have to add to the manager... But when you see Phil Foden play today, like the Manchester Derby, you're thinking this, this this talent's absolutely absolutely ridiculous how good he is. Um, but yeah, let me come to James' question. I'm going to come back to all these question. Um, ooh, Bellingham. Let me see. In the ten, do you play him? Rice Central, Madison Foden's a ten. Um, if I could, James, I'd love to get all of them in the team. <laughs> um, I would like to see. I'd love to see Foden in the 10, but you know what? Madison, it's not saying England is so sport for choices, but if I, if it's, you've asked a question, but I wouldn't play Bellingham as a 10. Um, when he plays for England, what, how do you see him more play? I, I Listen, he, this guy can play anywhere, to be honest with you. But um, you, so you, John, you've gone for Rice, Bellingham and Madison. Um, and that's irrespective of Southgate. Put, take Southgate out of the equation, I assume, of course. Um, I think we all do that. Um, I would go with that, what, you, what you're saying, but I, I like, I, you know what? It's hard because I like Foden, man, but Madison's playing unbelievable. And to be fair, it's not just because of how he's done well at Tottenham. Um, he, he was very good in a poor Leicester side. Um, the thing, key thing with him is keeping fit. Um, because he had a bit, few injury troubles at Leicester last season, but um, obviously Declan Jalof, Rice, Bellingham. I think I'd like to see Foden play there personally, but I wouldn't go against seeing Bellingham there, to be honest, as well. Um, but it's a tough question. It's a good question. It's a tough question because England are really spoiled in that in in that area of the pitch, I'd say, from midfield to your front three. They're sport for riches, honestly. Um, Holly, thoughts on Angeball? I hate it. No, I'm joking. That's 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 too easy to say. Um, 
it's funny because um I had this conversation with um race Ray Super Cassim, man. And I had a couple of conversations with some Arsenal fans in the game yesterday that um I see a lot of Arsenal fans getting really sort of upset and jumping on social media. And I mean, I watched the Palace Tottenham game and I mean, I'll, I'll be truthful. I, I don't know why some of them are saying that Tottenham were lucky. I thought they could have won three or four nil. Um, Palace got a late, 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 late goal, but they didn't hurt Tottenham in any aspect whatsoever. Um, the Tottenham on the football under, under Poster Coglu is unrecognisable from what I saw under Conte and, and Mourinho and um, for Nuno for the time that he was there. Um, the thing is, I always say this, and I don't get too caught up in the whole um, social, because you know what it is? On, on, the, on, the, on the X space, I always believe there's, there's fans within your fan base, you just let them do the talking in terms of the social media. Let them do it. Let them do the banter. Let them do the, 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 the taking the mickey. Let them do that. There's plenty of fans in the Arsenal fan base that will get angry or they'll banter. I let them do that because that's not my forte. That's not my thing. I come on here, I do my weekly surgery, I do my podcast for streams. I talk about football with yourself, Holly and James, and many other people I collab with. The 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 X social media banter side of it. There's so many people out there that do it. I, I don't need to join in as well. But yeah, Tottenham weren't lucky, man. They deserve to beat Palace. They could have been by more. Um, if you can't, I always say this. If you cannot enjoy your team winning games of football, oh no, I hope you guys can hear me. I can see that my screen has paused. Um, so this is not going well for a live stream, but hopefully I will go and come back in. Hopefully it will work. Oh no.
I'm back, people. <laughs> Polly, hopefully, I don't know. I was, I was I was knocked out for about two or three minutes. So hopefully, people, you can see me and hear me. Give me a shout, Brenny. Big up to you and Holly. So I don't know how far I got with my monologue before it's completely cut out. Um, it's funny because you know what it is. Normally, to avoid anything like this happening, what I would always do is I would send the link to myself in my inbox. And if anything went wrong, I'll quickly grab my phone or my iPad and then um, <laughs> I'll prevent that from happening. But yeah, that's never happened before. Um, that's never ever happened before. But um, hopefully, I don't even know where I got to. Um, Holly, I was talking about Angeball. Where's she gone? Um, yeah, it happened, actually. Yeah, it, it happened. I'll tell you when it happened, Brenny, right? It happened when... I did the watch along for Chelsea, but luckily it was half time. It just completely froze, completely, completely froze. I was like, what is going on? But I was lucky that I was in the half time break that I could actually reset the um, reset my laptop and come back. So um, this would be a very interesting stream to download. So what I'll do is audio listeners, if you get to a point where I do actually put this on audio, you might hear a little bit of a gap in between the stream and me coming back because um, apparently it's a bit, it's been a technical issue for a lot of people, which I've been told in the chat. So, um, Holly, did you hear what I was saying about your, your flaming Ange ball? Um, but yeah, I think um, I was, what I was saying is, I think the most important thing I was saying was that I think for any football fan, let's be, let's be serious. Let's be really serious here. If you cannot enjoy your team winning games of football, What's the point in watching it? And if you're playing good football on top of that, it's going to be even more enjoyable. Now, I think what helps Spurs, to be honest with you, is the fact that you haven't got any European competition. You're already out of one domestic cup, so you don't have to worry about a game on Wednesday or Tuesday whenever they're going to play the League Cup games. Like I said, you haven't got the Thursday night football in terms of Europe and you haven't, or you haven't got the Tuesday or Wednesday night in terms of Europe. So that's going to make a massive, massive difference. I don't think you've got a massive squad, Holly, either as well. Um, but big up to you guys in the chat. If you haven't already, um, smash the like button. I am back on the screen. <laughs> that's never happened before in all the years I've been on YouTube. But it's true. Like, you can't... That's what I saw. When I saw some of the Arsenal fans losing their heads when Tottenham won, I'm like, like, go out on a Friday night. Go and take the dog for a walk in the late night. I'll do whatever you do in your spare time. But... Like, let's be serious, man. Come on, man. Like, let, let's stop being ridiculous. I hope Spurs fall off a cliff, but at the, at the moment, they haven't lost a game in the Premier League. Arsenal haven't lost a game in the Premier League. They're playing good football. Uh, Madison's been probably the, the signing of um, the summer. Is it arguable? Not not really, to be honest, what I've seen. Obviously, I love I love my, De my Declan Jalof Rice, of course, but um, James Madison's been excellent. Um He's got Sonny playing a bit more central, which actually, think about it. I listened to Ange talk. Um, was it before the game or after the game? I think it's before the game to play him a bit more central. The guy can finish. The guy can absolutely finish. So why not put him a little bit more central? Um, Son, Son's, you know, he's 29, 30 now, is he, Holly? Um, he's more than adaptable to, to to play a bit more central and to be on the end of things. Um, let You've got you've brought in Brennan Johnson, who can play wide right or wide left, is it? Um, let him do the donkey work and let him do the work to stretch defenders. Leave you leave your main man in Son. Um, I think Son's the other guy who's got eight goals actually as well, isn't he, in the Premier League? Um, 
But let me come to chat quickly. Uh, yeah, I thought you might agree that Holly. <laughs> Brenny, big up Brenny, man. Brenny, definitely going to get you on this season, man. Um, it's too much happening in our Arsenal to get you on. I was saying we need to drop out Europa League to fix the mess. Yeah, and, yeah. listen, I, I said this to you, Holly, about Mickey van der Ven. Like, when it, I watched him, when I see him at the Emirates, I couldn't believe how tall he was, but I thought, Jesus Christ. But he's quick, man. He's a really quick guy. I think the game on Friday against Palace, um, I think it was, was it, is it, is it, is it, Jordan and I were one of, the, one of the Palace players that had a head start on him. And he caught him up within about literally two or three seconds. He's quick, man. Um, um, I think he's quite decent on the ball from what I've seen. Uh, let me come to the chat more quickly again. You people just saying, yeah, guys, if you want to drop a question in, drop a question into me. Um, if it's Arsenal related, it'd be even better, but these things happen, man. But now, big up to you guys in the in the chat already on this Sunday evening. Um, I can't even get the comment off the screen now. Is it gone? <laughs> there it is. But people, like I said, share on the Twitter feed, Twitter feed or X feed, shall I say now. Um, but yeah, that was mad that the way that happened, man. Uh, man just went shut down, man. I saw my face just, just freeze on the screen. I was like, oh my God, man. This is absolutely this disgraceful stream. But um, now, big up to the guys for tuning in, man. It, it means a lot. So, um, yes. And last but not least, um, I ha actually heard about a game in, was it in France? In Ligue 1, it got abandoned because I think the... I saw pictures of one, the manager, he used to play for Italy, um, Fabio Grosso. Um, he looked quite horrible scenes, actually. Um, not not great to see. Don't want to see that at football at all. And also, um, I have to give, give a shout out to Ginlan Football Club for acting very, very swiftly, as you guys might have seen. Um, when I got in yesterday from the game of Arsenal Sheffield United, there was a racial abuse incident um, of the highest order um, in Gillingham's home game against Newport. Um, and they acted very, very quickly um, to get the... I, I'm, being, I'm being polite by saying you get the individual out of the ground um, and ban him for life and we'll see what happens with that, what else happens. But um, yeah, well done for um, Gillingham for acting very, very quickly with that incident that happened yesterday. Um, because, you know... If players score a goal, don't care if it's a black player or not, should be allowed to celebrate it. You know, as home fans, we, you know, we, we give we give away players a lot of stick. We do, um, but what we saw yesterday, um, completely unacceptable. Um, even, even I shared it on my on my ex um, feed yesterday. Um, so yeah, big up Jinlin for doing that. Um, yeah, I I, heard, I I saw the pictures, people sharing it. It's not. I mean, you don't want to see a manager in that condition all, all bloody faced and that's not football man like this is going back to the dark days of the the 70s 80s and no you don't want to see that you don't want to see that i don't i don't want to hear about fans are passionate and that's complete nonsense you step a line when you do things like that you step over a line 100 but um james just in the chat we're gonna talk about the mighty arsenal and this man Eddie Nketiah scores a hat-trick yesterday in Arsenal's 5-0 home win against Sheffield United. Um, I was there, as many people know. I got to see some amazing people. Big shout-out big, big shout to Mike Feinberg, Ruth Beck, Art, and, uh, Mike's fantastic wife. Um, big up Guns Yellow Ribbons, Trez, Fergus, 
Capo Dan, um, who I saw at the game yesterday. Um, listen, I, I like, listen, I'm not a big drinker. So normally my routine is to probably get to the ground maybe an hour before kickoff. Um, go soak in the atmosphere. Um, go in the concourse area, meet up with some of the guys who I collab with and who, I, who I've known over the last two or three years. And yeah, then go and watch the football. But yeah, Eddie cops a lot of um Eddie cops a lot of opinion, to put it politely on social media within the Arsenal fan base. Um these are my thoughts. You have to ask yourself the question as, as an Arsenal fan. Um, do you feel that Eddie Kett has been given a good opportunity at Arsenal? Absolutely, yes, he has. Because he has a manager that um backs him 100%. You can see that in terms of bringing him on as a sub. You can see that in terms of the games he's started for Arsenal um, and that he persists with him. Um, I'll be honest, and I said this in a couple of group chats that I'm in, that I looked at Eddie's last two sub appearances. And when you come on as a sub, what you want to do is you want to make an impact on the game. I don't think he did that at all. Um, one of the sub appearances was against Sevilla away. I'm not saying you should come on as a sub and absolutely tear up and boss the game. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, are, have you made an impact enough to help the team out when you come on as a sub? And I don't think he did. Um, yesterday, I thought he would start and he did um, because I don't think you're going to see a situation where Kai Havertz is going to play up top. We're going to come on to him in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I was pleased for him to score a hat-trick yesterday. Some people might say he's kind of, that's his level in terms of maybe the quality of opposition that he played against Sheffield United because they're, they're poor. And I, I, I fear for them, not just obviously be, us beating them yesterday, but I think they've got one point out of 10 games. I think Derby County's got the worst record in terms of points tally in a season when they've, when a team's been relegated. If this continues the way with the results of Sheffield United getting, this could be very, very, this could be a, an awful, awful campaign in the Premier League for them. Even worse than what probably what some of their fans might have thought before the start of the season. But they're just, they offered nothing. Um, they made it very difficult for us um, in that first sort of 20, 25 minutes because what you want, what you want to do um, before I carry on, Holly, do you like the glasses? I hope you like them because I, you know, I don't want to go blind as well like you are with streams. But um, what you want to do is I always break it down, particularly home games. Home games. Start well in the first fifteen, and get ahead. Start 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 well first fifteen and get ahead in games. Don't care who you're playing against. When we didn't get the first the first goal in fifteen, I mean where I was sitting, there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't really major moments and groans. I've got to be honest, where I was sitting anyway. Um, but I think the fact that we went in at half time at least a goal up, if not two goals up, massive difference. And actually, when we got the goal to go one nil up, um, great balling by Declan Rice, by the way, that needs to get highlighted. Fantastic balling to. Eddie Nketiah, great. The first touch, the first touch from Eddie Nketiah was was unreal. Then he slots it back in there to one 0 And then I thought we was, we was, we was good. For, we was, we was better for about five ten minutes, um, because what I kind of saw in the first half was Saka 
wasn't really in the game and he thought, you know what, I need to get into the game. And he kind of came onto the, the left-hand side. Martinelli went central a little bit more and Havertz sort of occupied the right-hand side of that of the pitch a bit more um, because he wasn't getting in the game. Um, but what we did do well, second half, got the second goal quickly. And for me, that killed the game. That completely killed the game. Um, and for me, it's a case of how many more do Arsenal get? Eddie Greatfield, I don't know what took so long to, to decide that it would, the goal stood. I mean, he went to VAR for a potential foul the goalkeeper. There wasn't a foul. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, great strike to make it 2-0. And an unbelievable hat-trick goal. I mean, flipping. No, I don't care who you're playing against. You don't stop that as a goalkeeper. Fantastic strike. Um, Please for him. I think um, Eddie is a plan B option. Um, Again... Jesus is out for a, f- a few weeks, I believe, and Thomas Partey is injured. And it's annoying with Gabriel Jesus because he's only just come back from an injury and he was superb against Sevilla the other night. He was he was different class, actually, um, the assist and the goal. Um, and then Thomas Partey was injured anyway, and yet he's injured again um, off the back of being injured. So I think with Thomas Partey, and I said this to a couple of guys in the group chats, that I'm at a stage now, and I'm talking purely about myself. Whatever happens this season, we need to move him on. Um, He's not dependable. Yes, when he's fit, he makes a difference to our midfield. He elevates our midfield. But the problem is he's missed so many games in an Arsenal shirt due to injury. You can't depend on him. So... I was surprised we didn't take the money for him if the rumours were true in terms of him going to Saudi Arabia um, because I just don't think we can rely on him. It's that simple for me. Um, you know, we can't... He's Hopefully, he's not too serious him with this the injury this time, but he's missing again. Declan Rice has been absolutely outstanding um, since he's come to Arsenal, um, but he can't do it on his own. Can't do it on his own. Yes, Jorginho's an adequate replacement in terms of he does the simple things well. And then he's obviously there as a, as a backup and, and to shore things up when we're winning games like we did yesterday on twos and three nils. But um, yeah, party for me is an issue. And I think if it, they, they, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal did listen to offers in January. And that's just me personally speaking, not speaking for anybody else. Um, but yeah, listen, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, five nil clean sheet. I think that is, uh, let me have a look people. We've got a goal difference of plus 15, uh, clean sheets in the Premier League against Palace, Everton, Bournemouth, Sheffield United and Man City. And we've got two clean sheets in the last round against Brentford in the Carabao Cup. And also we've got a clean sheet against PSV at home in the Champions League. So the more we get those, the more I'll be happy with because there's the, Arsenal need to eradicate. One of the reasons why they didn't get the league title last season, which still burns me, is our, was our inability to not defend properly in home, at home for me personally um, and give away too many cheap goals. That, and that's already happened this season in, in, in a few of the games. But um, rack them clean sheets up, get the back four, getting confident. Um, obviously, David Rea is the number one now at the moment as we speak in terms of goalkeepers. Um, and yeah, we kind of we 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 go from there. Um, 
I don't know what you guys thought if, for some of the Arsenal guys that are in the chat. Um, I thought Saka in the second half actually played all right. I thought he came into it a bit more. He came a little bit more central to pick up the ball. I thought the game was quite tailor-made for Zinchenko to play him because what I want to see of him more, if, if you're going to play in that, that in, in inverted central role, what I want to see is that he receives the ball a bit more on the half turn rather than he's back to goal. Because all you're doing is you're just congesting the midfield area. And we're not transitioning the ball quickly. And that's the issue. But that game worked perfect for him yesterday. Um, but yeah, Eddie Hattrick. Um, Tommy Yasu gets his first goal for Arsenal. And obviously Fabio Arrival got a penalty. But yeah, Tommy Yasu delighted with, man. Um, I've got to be honest, I think a lot of Arsenal fans are probably a little bit worried in terms of Tommy Yasu and his constant injuries because he started his Arsenal career well. Remember, I remember at the game when he had his debut against Norwich. Um, he hadn't long been joined the club, so I don't think he would have had even probably maybe even one training session. And even then in that small game, in that game against Sheffield United, he's got a good turn of pace. He's good in the air. He offers us something offensively, which I didn't know how he had in his game. Um, defensively gets himself into very, very good positions, unlike Zinchenko, the, the complete opposite when it comes to the defensive side of it. Um, and he got his goal yesterday. And I said to um, Tom Canton, big up Tom Canton for Good Talk TV, went on his channel during the week. And I said to him that, you know, Tommy Yasu, if you, if you look at his time at Arsenal, he does get himself into some very good positions um, offensively, surprisingly. And he wasn't the player I would looked at during the Arsenal squad and thought, yeah, that's the guy to come in for Zinchenko to play the inverted role. But he's done it um, in this short space of time. And... Um, I guess time will tell whether he edges out Zinchenko out of the team or Mikel Arteta trusts him a bit more to come into the side. So, you know, we've got our next few games. Um, if I've got this right, West Ham in the Carabao Cup, Newcastle away Saturday, Champions League um, the Wednesday after next, I believe it is, or Tuesday, I can't remember. And then we've got Burnley at home on the 11th of November. And then we've got the national break. So... Um, games come thick and fast, man. And I think what was important on Saturday before I finish up, I'm 46 minutes in, it's gone longer than I thought, um, is that what you wanted to see yesterday was ESR got minutes and he played like someone that hasn't played for a long time. And, and it, for me, that's what I saw. When's the last time he played 90 minutes or 80 minutes or 70 minutes? Fabio Vera came on. Um, Kai Havertz started. Um, Rich Nelson got some minutes. So, you know, we, we need... Kivior started as well. That's what I forgot. Um, so we need these guys to come in and, and hit the ground running, which is not going to be easy because they're not, they're not playing um, week in, week out. But I think we're going to go away a little bit from last season in the sense that we played a lot of games with really a good 11, 12, 13 players. But he's going to have to rotate very well because then we've got Champions League and then the FA Cup will come in in January. So time will tell. Hopefully, injury-wise, it won't rack up even more. But let me come to chat quickly. Uh, let's have a look. Let's go back to where I was. Um, he said, man's rapid. Yeah, to work with Van der Ven. Um, now I was putting a question there. Will Eddie start against Newcastle? Feels like Arsenal didn't miss Jesus. Um... So what we got Newcastle next Saturday, isn't it? So a week yesterday. It depends 
the way they're talking about Jesus, I, I'm not sure he'll be ready for Newcastle unless he makes a rapid recovery. I think Eddie will start because I don't think he will play Havertz in the as a nine, as a striker. Because um, I think hey, I think Havertz for me, and I said this on Everton Rose channel, I keep saying it. I think for me, his role in the team. Although you probably didn't pay sixty-five million pounds for him to be a, to be an impact sub, um, you play him down the middle. He gives us a different direction. He can. People talk about he makes space for others. He can do that playing in in the striker position because of his height and his physicality. Um, it gives us a different option. So I think Eddie will start definitely hundred um, percent against Newcastle. And if he scores, even better for him, better for the boss Arteta because he's backed him, and obviously you know. It, it it gets um sections of the fan base off his back, I guess, really. Looking forward to the Newcastle Arsenal game, it'll be interesting. It will be. But if we play like we did against um Chelsea, we'll get we'll get beat fours and fives. Hundred percent. Um I want to see Tommy Yasu starting that game. I don't want to see Zinchenko starting that game, personally speaking, because I think the Newcastle midfield with Longstaff and Guimarez and Joe Linton will eat him alive. Um and physically and physically because Newcastle they're like a team of athletes Eddie Howe's got them so super fit they've got Longstaff's physically imposing Lin Joe Linton's physically imposing Callum Wilson is physically imposing um the boys at the pack you you could Dan Byrne um oh yeah Botman's at the moment I think LaSalle's has come back in um Fabian Shaw um so you know you, you I'd be surprised if Tommy Ashley doesn't start against Newcastle over Zinchenko, I'll be very shocked. Um, let me come to the chat quickly. Uh, let me see. I wish I, I wasn't haha. I'm there like four hours before. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I thought he played well in the second half. Um, I thought he did. I thought he really stretched them badly, actually. Um, Sheffield United, um, Ben White marauding down the right hand side, almost again got a goal yesterday. Um, Ben White's been good. I think he's been good this I think. There were a couple of games I was like, mm, started off a bit slowly, but he's he's looked good, Ben White, man. Um, so glad he comes. I remember when he first joined our club, but some of the fans were not having it. They were not having it with him. They were not having it with Ramsdale. Um, there's another player. I've got it in my head, though, Brenny. But yeah, I want to speak lastly about this guy. Uh, I think I've touched on it anyway, but I'll, before I go. Kai Havertz, people. Um, the questions are always asked in hundreds of millions of Arsenal group chats, um, the X space, the Instagram space. I went to the game yesterday. Um, this I'm not saying what I'm saying based off what I saw yesterday. I'm basing it off what I've seen this season with him. I thought he did okay. I don't think it was above that. I don't think it was below that. I just thought he was okay. It's a shame that you score five goals in a home game. <clears throat> Apologies. He didn't get on the end of anything. I just don't think I think when I think if you play him, and I've said this hundred times already, you play him down the middle. Um, but I, what the only issue you got is he's not gonna do that, Mikel Arteta, ahead of Jesus and ahead of Eddie and Ketia. He'll do that in a perfect example. We play Man City at home. He bought on he bought on Havertz with what was it 15, 20 minutes ago? And he played him up top and it made a huge difference um but he just does the neat and tidy things and 
I had this conversation. I said, when you bring players into the club, you obviously want them to hit the ground running. Okay, doesn't always happen. Granted, people say we've had better players at this football club who didn't start well. I, your Robert Perez, your Dennis Burkamp's call. Difference of them, they came, they came into the Premier League coming from a different country, a different style of football. Burkamp didn't have a good time at Inter Milan. That's well documented. And he came to Arsenal and he struggled. Different pace, whatever. Havertz has been in the Premier League for three years before he's come to us. Um, that's a difference for me. Um, I've never come out and said he's terrible. I think he's got some technical, he has got some technical ability. Um, I've also said that I think this is a signing that it would be Arteta's death warrant. Um, because it's different if he goes, then if he goes on a run and scores, I don't know, six goals in nine games or six goals in 10 games. Because goals change, goals elevate your game, goals um, get people talking. Um, you know, we can't just turn around and give him a penalty when winning three or four at Bournemouth and get the confidence up. And that's that was great at the time, but you know, we need to be a bit more, a bit more ruthless and a bit more, you know, come on, like no nobody wants a player to come to Arsenal and not do well, right? But from what I've seen so far, um I, I'm not sure you're going to get a major, major drastic improvement in terms of his performances. What you're going to see is you're going to see somebody that um, can defensively add us, give us a bit more, gives us a bit more in terms of height and physicality, potentially in playing a different route of football. Um, and he's and he will take, he will attract opposition midfielders and defenders and make space for other players. I get that, but I I personally think from what I've seen so far, I don't think you're going to see a major, major upturn in his performances. People might think that's negative, but I can't lie and say something that I don't believe is true based on what I've seen so far in terms of he's going to be a well-beater and, you know, he needs time and everyone needs time, but you've got to see what you're doing in that time as in, you've got to see what you're doing in that time frame in the games of what you've seen. And I think some Arsenal fans probably by and large are thinking, you, you expect to see a little bit more. Um, when you see the likes of Sir Bob's like Liverpool and McAllister at Liverpool and um, Edson Alvarez at West Ham and, and, and James Madison at Tottenham, you do think to yourself, hmm, maybe we could have bought in another profile of player like a Kyle or or or, or Granite Xhaka or whatever way you want to phrase it, that could done have had a bit more of an impact than what Kai's given so far, and that's my own honest, humble opinion. But people, weekly surgery is over. Um, big up to the people in the chat. Smash the like button on the way out. I will put this on the audio. You might have a little bit of a gap, audio listeners, because um, there's a bit of technical issues, I believe, with YouTube. It wasn't just myself because I was talking and talking and talking and my face froze. You didn't get a, you didn't, you didn't, you heard me talking, but you couldn't see me or you couldn't see me and you couldn't hear me talking. So it's either one of those ones, but um, yeah, big up to the people for um, joining in on, on this Sunday night. Um, it's much appreciated. But people, if you don't know what to do by now, this is what you should do. 
there you have it. Smash a thumbs up on Facebook, reshare on the X page, and also smash a like and subscribe to Apple J TV on YouTube. And obviously, audio listeners, um, like I said, I will put this on the Spotify download and I'll put it on the Apple downloads. And my social media is going along the bottom of the screen as long as we speak. And it's also on my top. As you're watching the screen on my, is it my left or right top left? I can't remember anymore. I forgot. <laughs> well, I said the hour in, but yeah, big up to the chat. Like I said, man. Um, yeah, weekly surgery is now closed, people. Episode 26. Penny to discuss Superstar Jude Bellingham, Manchester Derby, and of course, Eddie's hat trick at Arsenal, um, winning 5 0 against Sheffield United. But that is me, Albert JTV, over and out. Up the Arsenal.